No, he's he said, "What are your thoughts on the Jimmy Savile thing?" And didn't we sort of know? We did know. People, <laughs> people, people get on the BBC's case about turning a blind eye to Jimmy Savile. It's mm. on all of us. Look at him. It was obvious. Huh. I've never seen him. I'll have to look him up now. You'll look at him. You'll know him. You'll just look at him and go, oh, that's a pedo. How did we, how did Britain let him walk on the streets? How do you spell it? Uh, S-A-V-I-L-E. All right. I'm looking up a picture. You look him up. You look at Jimmy Savile and you oh tell me. Oh my God. That's totally a pedo. Totally a pedo. You see, it was, it was all of our responsibility. We shirked our duty. Sound. Should I? Should is that a threat? <laughs> is, is it? Is it you and the Marky Boys? Why are you come... still alive, Jim? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is this at the point where you throw a brandy glass into the fire and go impossible? <laughs> oh, I'm just worried. I'm worried about you. you is sound... this? Is this where you get a computer, right? And you press a button, and there is a henchman on it saying, Duh, what do you want, boss? And you go, Why is Sterling still alive? Mad cat, I will get that Sterling next time. Is that I... what this is now, Jonathan? Is do this I... an episode of Inspector Gadget now? Do I make my own cat noise, too? Yes. <laughs> Uh, funny. Um, no, it's not like that. It's just I asked how you were doing, and you sounded like you were holding something back. <laughs> I'm holding something, and it's not my back. <laughs> it is my ears. Yes. Aww, uh, that sounds uh, cute. <laughs> I can't hold uh, my ears. I have headphones on, so I've uh, double swerved you. And here, I thought I was going to have an opportunity to use the word turgid. What's turgid mean? Oh, it's a great word. What's it mean? Swollen. Oh, like it, like a, like a sponge. Like Bill. I, I am a tur- like a member. <laughs> I am, a, I am a turgid game reviewer. Like a member. <laughs> a swollen game. Okay, sure. That was fun. I'm in high so, spirits today. I could great. tell. How come? Huh? Why are you so happy? Spirits. <laughs> that hide me up. It's having a nice, relaxing weekend. Weekend? That's great. It's, what day is it today? Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Yes. You see, well, this, this is why you're on team. You help, help me work out that it's not the weekend. It's Wednesday. You've been working, too. You've been writing stories. Oh, work, working the weekend. I don't mind telling you. You wrote a story uh, on the weekend, didn't you, or two? Uh, did I? I think so. Oh, I did a story at the, this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly had a very relaxing weekend. I've been trying to trying to cool down. It's actually like the most stressful months for a game reviewer. Uh, mm. Yeah, I say stressful. It's not like the job we do is hard. Um, but you know, it, it can get a bit hectic, and so. I think it's hard. I, yeah, I work in a psychiatric hospital most of the time, and I think 
reviewing video games can be just as stressful if uh, deal with, in a different way. You deal with just as many mental patients, I think. <laughs> well, but, uh, when you're reviewing games, you have hundreds of thousands of people involved with what you're doing, potentially, if not more. Whereas you work in a psychiatric hospital, you're just keeping a few people. It's just you, him, and the guard you've paid to look the other way. (laughs) What? Why on earth would... What? (laughs) No one... No. You don't want to have sex with them. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Who said said you're having sex with them? I never said that. You're God, right. Jonathan. I'm sorry. Right, I, I'm... You see, now I suspect that you are. You sound great. I think everything is going to go great. Yeah, That's you sound awesome. fine. Everything's fine. Shit, your optimism. Um, sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. That was a mistake on my part. It seems that I laughed so hard I pulled something in the computer. Um <laughs> Yanked on some cords that unplugged my microphone that killed Skype. Um, and it wouldn't start again because it said See? the microphone didn't work. But the light was on the microphone. And so mm. I was confused for a long time. Yeah. Technology. Jeez. It sucks, Jonathan. <laughs> it does. I'm, I'm grouchy today. Hopefully I'll, I'll treat you guys right. I don't want to be a grump or a mean guy. Because that wouldn't be right. Why are you grumpy? What's happened? Oh, just all sorts of things. You know, um, Microsoft has got a new motion controller that attaches to your wrist. and uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's the problem! Yeah, why does that... That's the solution to all my comedy needs. So you... I can just imagine that on, like, Full House or or The Cosby Show or one of those family problems where one of the kids looking sad and they're like, well, what's the problem, Billy? Are the kids being mean to you at school? No, pa. Microsoft's got a new motion controller on your wrist and it sucks. Wow. Tonight on a very special episode. Yeah, maybe maybe that's not bothering me. Maybe I was already... Sad, and then that just seems sadder to me. Maybe it's great. Are you guys excited? New wrist well, thing. I mean, it can't. It, they can't be doing motion control any worse than they already kind of are. Mm-hmm. So you know, if the wrist thing makes Connect work more effectively and able to detect my motions the way that it was advertised, then yeah, all right. I mean, I'm not that keen on the idea of buying yet another accessory to make that happen. But yeah, it would be, be nice if it was just a standalone thing. But still, just buttonless motion control usually, or just input-free, you know, no physical tactile input kind of bumps me out. And this is a thing you just put on your wrist and then can do, like, hand signs. I'm telling you. Know, you like, sign language. It's the, the first brick in Microsoft's wall of bullshit being pulled out is what that is. You think it's not going to be it's, a huge hit? It's a, It might be a hit. But it's it's a brick in the bullshit being pulled out, whether it's a hit or not. Like it just, I said because I reviewed Fable: The Journey this past week, and I said yes. the problem with Connect games is it's Connect uh, is built on a foundation of lies, and shit like this just goes to show. You know, they talk about how immersive it is and how you are the controller. It's like, well, no, not anymore. You are the controller, and so is this as well. And it'll be the first of more things. I guarantee it. That wrist controller is the beginning 
of this unstated admittance that total hands-free, peripheral-free controller shit doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's bullshit. And that is just the start. Next, they'll be reselling light guns and telling us that it's something new because it's green or something. I think that the controller-free idea has merit the the technology just isn't up to the task yet you know we, we the cameras aren't at a resolution that it can really detect you know more finite actions like finger movements and so forth and if it can ever get to that point maybe this stuff is viable but right now it just doesn't work i'm not even sure if it's if I mean, technology is definitely part of it, but I don't even think our human brains are at a level to uh, appreciate it or, or, or have it feel natural or good to us. Like, it doesn't feel good to me to not be holding or doing something, you know, feel like I'm doing something. If I'm just waving my sh hands in the air, my brain can't process that as me performing an action. Mm. Yeah. It's You're just, aware of yeah. yourself your body moving around not touching anything exactly i feel yeah. it i find it very alienating and and you know it, it's a self-conscious thing as well and it's that's what especially gets me when they talk about how immersive uh connect control is i've never been more aware that i'm play acting than i have been than when i'm playing something or using connect for something Never am I more aware of how awful and ridiculous I am. And never have I been more aware, especially when it's playing something like Fable, where you're whipping your arm in and out to the point where it really gets fucking fatiguing. I've never been more aware that I'm not in a game's world. Uh, so I don't, I don't find it immersive, and I think, I, I think it's less technology and more just the way we are wired. It just mm. it feels better to be playing on a controller, and it's... a, a especially feels a lot more like a, a lot less intensive to the point where I can concentrate on what's going on on the screen and then therefore I'm more involved in the game world and whatever mm -hmm. it's trying to do. Sure. Uh, maybe it's just me, but I just... Well, I think it's application too. You, know, you have to have the proper applications for it. You look at uh, sport-related games, dance-related games. Uh, those things can work really, really well with the interface. Because it is actually, you are actually carrying out actions as opposed to playing some, you know, well, Fable, for example. I mean, that can just feel a little silly. I can see where you're coming from there. Yeah. Well, yeah, dance game is about you playing as yourself, dancing good. And then the game tells you, like, you are a good dancer. That's very different than, like, pretending you are existing on the other side of the TV screen and, and kind of inhabiting a oh, character. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, right. co Connect is a toy for that kind of... I don't, I don't mean toy in a, a judgmental way. Um, I, you know, I mean it is... It's derogatory. It is. You yeah, don't mean derog it I don't mean to mm. be derogatory in that sense. Uh, I'll be derogatory about fucking Connect all day long, but in this sense, uh, as a toy, I can see it with the merit, you know, having the, the dancing and and sports, you know, mind, like stuff... Double fine goofball theater, or whatever it's called. Yeah, stuff you where it's actually one? fun to mime, and the miming aspect is part of the game. Mm. Um, but if you're telling me to just thrust my arm in and out until my elbow gets whiplash, and I need to be on painkillers during the weekend, and I start now, getting is really a, is weird... Is this a fisting game you're playing? <laughs> 
uh, it might as well be, to be honest. <laughs> Especially with how much that guy talks about the horse in it. Jesus fucking Christ. It's a real game about loving horses, isn't it? That's what Fable deeply, is. Deeply it's loving horses. A man in romantic, thrusting love with his horse. That's what it, the game should be called, Fable Thrusting Love. <laughs> with your horse, or just leave that horse. out? Thrusting oh. horse love. Horseman thrust love. <laughs> you are the controller, and the horse is your honey pup. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, that made me depressed. I fucking swear to God, Peter Molyneux, Peter Molyneux, you yeah? fucking liar! <laughs> and I'll so, go on record as saying that Peter Molyneux, you fucking liar, and that's not an accusation. He says it himself by pointing to a whiteboard that says it's not on rails. And having a photograph taken of him doing that is him explicitly saying, I'm Peter Molyneux and I'm a, I'm a fucking liar. I didn't know he was that involved with this one. I thought he'd already left for 22K. Oh, he got he was there at the beginning. Of bullshit. Uh. Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, at E3, talking with the, the people that were there, and this was, of course, after uh, Peter left, um, they were just like, oh, God, we really wish he hadn't said that about the honor. <laughs> <laughs> and he might have believed it at the time. I think he believes what he says. I, I really like him personally, though can't say I know him particularly well. He, he's a dreamer and his heart's a gold, you know, guys? He has just... never told the truth. Literally never in his life has Peter Molyneux... He's not even Peter Molyneux. When he says he's called Peter Molyneux, he's not. He's called, he's called <laughs> Any... Shabadoo. He's called Shabadoo Scooby. Any statement Peter Molyneux says should be immediately be followed by one of those like financial analyst fine print things that says forward-looking statements made by Peter Molyneux cannot be trusted <laughs> under any circumstances. <laughs> Well, I said, like, they need to have, like, someone... I, I nominate Chris Barry, who played Rimmer in Red Dwarf, to just stand next to him. And just over everything he says, like, Peter Molyneux is just trying to talk. He's like, oh, we're only going to make one game now. And there's just someone off to the side, just over everything, just, liar? Liar? <laughs> liar? <laughs> just at the same time, so you, can, you can't hear either of them, but it's just, oh, you fall in love with your dog. Liar? I just that's what he needs, or a parrot that's been trained to say it. Like uh, you what's fucking liar, Trump? Peter Molyneux, you absolute charlatan. Oh, not on rails. Is it on rails? It's on so. <laughs> it's on more rails than rails. It's on a rails. very wide rail. In fairness, it's, it's a very wide rail. Very wide bullshit. <laughs> Can you right? it's go from left to right? It's or split into so... two sections. On-rail horse section. On-rail shooter section. Now, I don't even have a problem with on-rails games. I, wanna, I want that for the record. I, mm. I really like uh, a good light gun shooter. You know, House of the Dead? Love it. Uh, yeah. Some other ones? Love them. Can't remember <laughs> any of them. Fuck it. Killer Ghost 7! Squad. Ghost Squad on Wii. That was great. Ghost Killer 7, totally a rails game. Killer yeah. 7 rails? fucking adore Killer7. It's one of my favourite games. It's not that it's on rails that I've got the problem with. It's that he fucking lied. Liar! Lied! Told the lies! 
Well, what do you think's going on in his mind? I think that's important to to designate. I mean, there's a difference between a guy who's like, I'm going to lie and get my game sold, and then they'll all be tricked, and I'll make all the money. And then there's the person who thinks they're telling the truth, because their imagination is wild. Some would even say delusional. You know, they, they believe things are true that are not true, and they're saying those things. Uh, thinking that everyone's going to agree and that they're all in the same world as 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 him in this case, you can tell which way I'm leading. I, I think he's, he's just, a liar. Oh. He's yeah, really, like that song about the man who's a liar. If I'm being perfectly uh, honest, the only yeah. thing I want from Peter Molyneux is to see him play Riff Raff in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Is there a new Rocky Horror Picture Show coming out? Not yet, but God willing, if they do, if they do it, oh they... Oh my God, that would be fantastic. It's mm. one of the master's affairs. <laughs> You're wet. It's, it's going to be the best affair the generation has ever seen. You'll be able to love a dog in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Deary me, Peter Molyneux, you fibbing man. I still love him, that's the thing. He's yeah. charming as hell. That's how he gets yeah. away with his bullshit, like, forever. I I love the guy. He's just a fucking liar. And I want him to admit it. I want him to write down, I am Peter Molyneux and I am a liar. Well, doesn't he always say after he's done a game that he's sorry about the game? Yeah. And everything he said about it didn't turn out to be true. It's the and... cycle of abuse. It's mm-hmm. He lies. We believe him because he's so charming. We know it. We, we actually know in our brain that he's lying and we still tell ourselves he's telling the truth because it's Peter Molyneux. Why would he lie? He's too nice. And then it comes out and we realise everything was, was a lie. And then he says, oh, like that. And then we go, oh, like that. <laughs> it's okay, Peter. We know you tried to make that game the way you wanted to. Yeah. And then, oh, but the next one. Ah, oh, that would be the best one. And he's, I think we said this last week, him saying that 22 Cans, that studio he's making, he's, he said something like, it's only ever going to make one game. That's what he said. He said his new studio will only ever make one game. And I already know how that's going to go. <laughs> They're going to make lots of games. But every time someone calls him out on his shit, he will go, ah, oh, but it is still the same game. <laughs> Philosophically. Uh, it's still the same. It's. It, I mean, this is a a light gun shooter, and, and this is a an eighty hour RPG. All he has the to same do is say it's. All he has to do is say it's episodic content. Yeah, uh. and we'll and and everyone will swallow it because everyone lets him get away with it. Everyone who signed that, like I don't know who did, but when he said at E3, he wrote it's not on rails on that whiteboard, and he made games writers. Like, like games media people sign their name underneath to agree with him. Every single one who did that is a toady and an enabler, and it makes me sick. Liars, all of I, them. What happened? Can you explain that? I don't know what that Apparently, is. Apparently, there's there's this photo of Peter Molyneux with a whiteboard, with it's not on rails written on it, whole bunch of signatures on it. Apparently, he had like behind closed door sessions with with games media people. And said, if you agree it's on rails or something, don't write your name on here. Something like put them on the spot or whatever. And had them all basically sign on this whiteboard to agree that uh, Fable the Journey was not on rails. 
And then there's a photo <laughs> of him with all these fucking signatures. Everyone who wrote on that, you are awful. It's like you found out that, like, your dad has been fucking kids and you helped him get away with it. And and wow. and a court, a sympathetic jury will agree that you were blinded by love and loyalty and conflicted, but you still did it. That's intense. I wonder if he's going to hear this. People, listen to the show. How, how do you think he'd feel if he heard that you said that he's like uh, your dad? Or a dad, I mean. Just, a, you know, the idea of a dad. A uh, molesting dad. When the uh, effects of the drinking have worn off, <laughs> I may be worried. <laughs> <laughs> At the moment, <laughs> I'm not. So that is okay. And I'll tell you what, if, yes. if, if, if it is a problem and, and anyone is upset, I will say, I'm sorry <laughs> that, that I said those awful things. They are the worst things I've um, uh, ever said. But the next podtoid <laughs> will define a generation of podcasts. And you will love a dog. <laughs> that, you know, how can he argue with that? that how can you argue with that? Exactly. Turnabout <laughs> is fair play. Mm, yes. I like a good turnabout. Indeed. <laughs> I'll turn you about. Oh. <laughs> um, Sony's suing the actor who plays Kevin Butler. That's a thing that happened. Yeah. Any thoughts, guys? No feelings? Thoughts on that? Um, well, it's one of those risks that you take when you're the representative of the product. I don't think that they're... Hang on, Conrad. Your microphone has okay. got dislodged or something. Is that better? Ah, uh, much better. Yeah, okay. It's really yeah, relaxed. It's, yeah. it's, okay. it's one of those situations where you have to be careful about what you do in your advertising and, and he was a, a brand representative for a very long time and instantly recognizable with the Sony brand and um, I don't know what the contract stipulations were what in terms of uh, what Sony asked of him when he agreed to do that but um, I doubt that Sony would waste the time and energy and money suing him and getting negative press for that if they didn't think they had a case there so. Well, it's interesting. Ben Cuchero over at Penny Arcade Report, um, he said in his research of it, I always envy him because he has all this time for researching. I want to do some researching. Anyway, he was researching it and he said in his preliminary research that it seemed to him that Sony didn't understand what the word actor meant in their pursuit of the lawsuit, that they just didn't know that he is a character, Kevin Butler, and not a man who they renamed Kevin Butler and just said, forever more, you are Kevin Butler. Because in the commercial he's in, he doesn't play Kevin Butler. He's not advertising a Nintendo product. He's working for Bridgestone Tires and playing mm. Mario Kart. And then it's like, oh, this Mario Kart we're giving away here at Bridgestone. Like, it, it seems like the actor, I think his name is Jeffrey Lambert, he wasn't allowed to ever like another video game on video ever again as far as Sony was concerned. I think there was a there was a no there was a no compete clause which you know it's it's fairly common. I mean I've got one with the escapist. 
um, you know, if I ever leave them for a year, uh, I couldn't just do the Jimquisition anywhere else. Uh, which is fair, fair enough. It's a fair enough um, clause. They don't want. Could you, you do do anything anywhere else? I could. I, I do do things everywhere else. Right. Um, I just so can't they... do something similar, uh, mm. and that's kind of that was Sony's contract with Lambert was don't do games um, and don't be related with games. However, according to Lambert's side of it, that contract was up three days after it went out. The, the right, August went out. 2012, yeah. I think. So yeah. the contract was up, so he should be free to do like any acting gig he wants. However, I, I'm guessing the contention comes in with did it say he couldn't film or work on anything until that contract was up? In which case they'd have a case. Or is it that the commercials can't go out while the contract's still up? In which case they wouldn't. And I'm going to guess they're going to argue that, you know, he was still filming that thing. Because he'd have had to have done uh, while under contract. Um, but to be honest, it's such a stupid lawsuit i haven't looked into it too much it's just wow i know a lot about it considering yeah um what and do you things up what's that oh yeah you do well you, yeah you do it for a job um but regardless he's out of the commercials now so sony won he was removed from those commercials like yeah. almost immediately i happened to catch one i was all excited now it's gone it's just replaced with kind of a scientist guy who's got a big mouth like ooh. He's good, too. It's just sad that so many good things... Because the Kevin Butler stuff, like, it was pretty good. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, Sony is... If if it's great at one thing, it's commercials. It does some amazing commercials. Whether they're good or not for selling their products. Yeah. But they're fun to watch, for sure. They're always interesting. And that that reminded me of the old Saps commercials they did for the original PlayStation. Um, I I don't know if it was... If that gained traction in, in... uh, America, but in Britain, um, it was advertised uh, the oh, forget society against PlayStation or something. Whoa! Uh, really? Sats. No, I've never heard of that. It was Have a you whole. Heard of that comment? No. It was a whole bunch of fake ads telling us how bad the PlayStation was um, because of the way it, it addles minds and literally turns people into chimpanzees. <laughs> uh, and it was just so over the top and ridiculous. And there was one commercial where he was trying to get. Uh, PlayStation's replaced as the top holiday item with sticks. Uh, it was just incredible stuff. It was like very satirical, very. Um, it was Jack Thompson before, like long before Jack Thompson. Uh, huh. But they were doing it obviously to sell the product. Um, that was a very tight, like thing of that era. Was 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 commercials ironically slacking themselves off. Um, but it was very well done, and it reminded me of that, just the, the inherent silliness of it, and having this guy in a suit just doing, um, you know, ironically non-guy-in-suit-y things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I really did like the commercials, I thought the Kevin Butler character was a lot of fun, and it's a shame that, like, so many interesting or funny things these days, it has to end in a lawsuit. Yeah, yeah, that's a shame. I had a friend in advertising once, and I pitched him my GameCube commercial, this back in the GameCube days, and he hated it. <laughs> he was so disrespectful to my GameCube commercial. <laughs> but I still think well, it was... you just cool. accidentally called it a GameCube. Now... Oh, did I? If, Sorry. if the commercial... <laughs> what about a GameCube? <laughs> What's a GameCube? Well, Game... Oh, you mean like orgasms. Yikes. I, I do... 
Jonathan. Uh, funnily enough, and if it was that, if it was just, if it was just a box of jizz, is what I'm getting at. Just a big box, just a hollowed out GameCube, just full of jizz, and you like tilted it, and it just seeped out of the controller ports, and it's like kick it around your room. There's jizz everywhere. GameCube brackets GameCube more like because of jizz. Then that I'd hire you. And I would give you an hundred dollars. That's more than I expected. Yeah, I was giving him my ideas for free. He was just, he was not having it. What was your idea? Oh, let me see if I can remember. There's a boy in a hot air balloon. And it's like, they're playing the song, Up, up and away, in my beautiful balloon. You know that one? (laughs) Carry on. And I can't, I'm fuzzy on the details, but I think he gets pushed out of the hot air balloon and, and breaks his neck. And it's just like, GameCube! <laughs> <laughs> that was it! That was one of them. There was, uh, there was oh, another one oh, there where were Yeah, there was a few. You know, because you can't expect just one idea to go over here. Oh, yeah, you've got to hit him with her. Yeah, let, let's run yeah. it all up the flagpole and see who salutes sir. Exactly. Uh, there was another one where a boy is just like terrified in a room, like mm. an empty room alone, sitting on a chair, just like looking around, so scared, really suspenseful. And you're like, what's worrying him so much? And he's, he's, you think he's maybe going to get up to leave, and then he sits back down. And then all of a sudden the floorboards open up and Satan pops out and it's fiery, you know, death and scream, you know, death moments. Yeah. And he's like, boy, GameCube! <laughs> And the kid's just, ah! you know, he has to buy a GameCube now. Of course he does. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would. I think there was another one about going into an old man's mouth and there being a cornfield in his tooth. And then then the scarecrow was playing the GameCube. He's like, it's pretty good. I think that was the third one. Said like that, not with a funny scarecrow voice. It's gotta be. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, he's he's not trying to like uh, trick you into thinking. He's no, a he's just your average guy. He's, he's just a scarecrow who loves GameCube and GameCube quality products. Yeah, I yeah. tell you what, I can see why Nintendo didn't go for any of them. Give Sony a call because <laughs> all three of them would be no weirder than whatever they've done in the past you know, they, the, these the, all sound like playstation 3 yeah, ads the girl with the mental head or the, the, the guy pushing the cartoon of the thing pushing the pram and the screaming um, are those living commercials like the fake drama soap opera thing they oh did? yeah they're yeah. very Calvin Klein like um, David Lynch weird huh? Dick, Dick Thumb What's Dick Thumb? Wasn't there a, a, a like a, a somebody did a, a fantastic? I think it was a parody of PlayStation ads that you know had like a naked guy and a thumb replacing where his penis should be. Whoa, I miss those. That sounds pretty good. There was that. There was the the white is coming PSP ad. The baby, had... the baby. Wasn't there like a baby launcher? Didn't they launch a baby out of something <laughs> like a baby doll against a wall. Or... Probably did. <laughs> Oh, did you remember that one though? The white is coming one. No, what's the, that? The, that's fantastic. That's the a good incredibly tag. racist one they did. Just it about was, the whites are coming, it was, and that's it good. was billboards for the white PSP coming to replace the black PSP. Oh, guess where they went with that? 
They had a woman, a white woman, Caucasian woman, uh, platinum blonde hair, full white, uh, white clothes, right? Looking down on. Yeah, basically Emma Frost. Looking down upon and like contemptuously holding the face of a black woman who was like lower and looking up subservient. Um, black skin, black hair, black um, outfit, uh, and and it <laughs> that was it. White is coming. <laughs> and it basically looked like it said, "White is coming to be better than all of the black people." <laughs> and it was incredible. It was um, yeah, considered highly racist, and they didn't run it for very long. Um, so compared to that, compared to that, compared to racism, baby launching, funny Scottish girl heads. I really think that Satan going, buy a PlayStation, <laughs> will really sort of be up there in terms of, of quality on message. And that's actually, it could be the most tasteful uh, they've ever produced. Yeah, it's better than that time they drug out a goat carcass for God of War. Um, so what? yeah, they did that once at some party. They they had some sacrificial fucking goat carcass, like a real dead. Oh, goat. I remember that. Yeah, now. that was God of War three, probably right. Or no, the PSP ones. Something like that. No, no, yeah. no. This was way back. I think. This oh yeah. Was one of the PS two ones, I think. My oh. memory of it's hazy. Sure. Um, but yeah, having Satan scream by a PlayStation is <laughs> like more on message than any of their other commercials, you wouldn't be sat there thinking, what is the product? Uh, you know, clearly, clearly, don't you see it? It's it's the devil telling us to buy a PlayStation. <laughs> At least we've got that far that we know what it is. So, yeah, I'm up. I will give you $100 for those. Oh, anytime. Yeah, if anyone at Sony or any anyone, just anyone in the so- world wants to use those ideas... Feel free, I'd yeah. be flattered. Sony does listen, because they listen out to see if I'm slagging off the PlayStation Vita. <laughs> you like the PlayStation Vita. You're playing Retro City Rampage on it. I love the PlayStation Vita. I've got no complaints about the PlayStation Vita this week. That's I nice. love the PlayStation Vita, too. I just haven't had cause to buy one yet. I... <laughs> it's a great piece of hardware. It's I... gorgeous. I've had yeah. a few reasons to turn it on, and I couldn't be happier. I've been playing New Little King's Story, which is a fun little game. Are you reviewing that, or just for fun? Uh, I bought it to review it. Um, okay. But it's a fun little game. I have been playing Retro City Rampage, which I, you know, we will have to have a good old talk about in a bit. Mm. Um, it's weird. Naturally, as, as a narcissist, I did the thing, because our faces are all in it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, if, if, for those who don't know, if you want, if you've got Retro City Rampage, which is on Steam and, and the PlayStation Network, uh, if you go to MJ's Plastic Surgery, which is a shop in the the, the city, and go to the the, the uh, what's it called the the voucher, enter coupon code, enter coupon mm. codes. There'll be a button for that. Press that. Enter the code Detoid D T O I D. That shorthand for Destructoid. You will get a whole bunch of faces that you can change your character to, including Conrad, Hamza, Jonathan Holmes, myself, and other Destructoid people. You know, former host Tara Long and Max Scoville, former people who don't even work uh, at Destructoid anymore. You know, you got Colette Bennett, um, Holly, uh, Nick Chester's in there. Nick Chester, of course, the traitorous dog, uh, <laughs> and. <laughs> You can play as us, and I, as a narcissist, I've played as myself, and it's 
it's freaky because I <laughs> I've made characters, you know, in Saints Row that look vaguely like me. And um, I was in the blocks cometh as well. But to be in a game with dialogue with a face that is literally me, albeit, you know, a, a, a retro-y, 8-bit-y type one, it's freaky as fuck. Yeah, I haven't, um, fortunately, I haven't gotten that far yet. And I think, I'm pretty sure he didn't cut me from the game, but I think just me as a guy is in the game playing myself. I give someone a box. Yeah, I think you're in the uh, in the Destructoid quest. I actually haven't made it that far in the game. Uh, to it's do fairly that. far in, I think, yeah. But, but from the be- very beginning, you can go to MJ's Face or Us, which is to the western end of the map, right about in the middle vertically. Just a little above the middle. Just a little above the equator uh, is MJ's. And then you can be us in it, which is a nice treat. Yeah. A lot of people are um, excited to play as you, Jonathan. Oh, and you too. A lot of people are excited to play as you as well. Mostly you. Oh, I don't think so. And you too, oh, Conrad. No. You did that nice video. I, I was just, I was ecstatic with the first time I'd actually like seen the character in the game because the little sprite guy even looks like me. He's got a little mustache. And yeah, I know. They up the, the graphics. Are, are, Tiny uh, little things in there, yeah. 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 Initially, the, the character sprites were too small, like two years ago, when I first saw some of that stuff. Uh, but he's made them bigger. And uh, the game actually, it still retains the kind of lo-fi aesthetic that's not trying to impress you in any way. But uh, those little added details add a little bit of feeling, which is nice. I like the graphics. I think they look good. It's good. They are playing it on the Vita. They there are some sections, like interior sections, where it is very tiny. Yeah. Um, for, to the point where it gets a little bit more difficult than it could be. Uh, but for the most part, the graphics work pretty well on the Vita. You you kind of have to take the TV mode off though. Oh um, uh, yeah. Because there's for for those who haven't played Retro City Rampage, um, it can take place on like a fake tv screen and you can choose different televisions to watch the game that you're playing on um or you can turn the mode off completely and just have a full screen game which you kind of more or less have to do on the vita mm-hmm. i wonder uh, can yeah, i'm sorry go ahead Conrad. what i really love about it is all of the different um graphical filters that they have to talk about that oh <laughs> it's i mean just about every color palette option from game history is in there you can play it monochrome green screen you can play it monochrome orange i think even there's cga and ega and vga graphics options virtual boy too i think right commodore 64 is in there i mean that that shit is that that's what makes retro city rampage a special game because i can see some people don't get it Uh, i had some people who were like i'm not enjoying this game at all and i can see why but if you like if you pick up on, on Brian's sense of love for video games, mm-hmm. it makes all the more sense. And when you look through that, looking through those graphic overlay options is really what does it. When you just see how much like CGA fucking graphic filter, like that's a guy that just adores video games. And this game is his tribute to everything, just mm-hmm. everything in a video game. And, and I think that's what makes it so special. I knew when yes. the game was announced that Brian was my people, you know? Like, I knew right away that this is a guy that I'm going to get along really well with. And then he and I were talking uh, about a year and a half ago, I guess, and uh, for whatever reason, I mentioned this old Commodore 64 game called Batman the Caped Crusader. 
and it's like an adventure game and it's really not player friendly it doesn't kind of give you any real sense of how you're going to use these sort of strange objects that you pick up throughout the course of the game it's just not it's it's an a not that fun to play. It's got great music and it's got some great animation. The graphics are cool, but it's not phenomenal. But I mentioned this game to him and he's like, oh yeah, I remade a version of that for DS. (laughs) (laughs) Of course he did. Yeah, Yeah, he really loves it, like you're saying. Yeah, he is video games. Like He is the closest to video games a human can be, I think. Just looking at the shit he he knows and, and just 10 minutes with the game with Retro City and and you can tell the guy just you cut him and he will bleed cartridges <laughs> and uh, I think what some people are, are misconstruing about the game is that every reference is supposed to be funny people I think are kind of family guy trained to think oh he just thinks reference comedy is is, is all you need to do but the, it's not so much for me anyway when I play the game references aren't there to make me laugh out loud it's to make me feel like i am in brian's brain where all he thinks about is video games Uh, it's just crowded with video game knowledge and and you barely get any time from you know seeing one cameo from the teenage mutant ninja turtles and suddenly the a-team is there and then suddenly mario's there and then you've got sonic shoes and you're running around with you know and it's it's so rapid fire and constant and it's not I don't think necessarily for laughs. So the game is funny as well. It's just... I love how self-aware it is, too. I mean, it's really... There's no doubt that the game knows exactly what it is. And and this was... This point was driven home for me when I was in uh, Biff Man's house, which is one of the quests. Um, It's a Batman parody thing. And uh, you can... You have to go and examine things in the house. It's sort of like an adventure game to figure out how to get down into the Biff Cave. And you can examine the sink and it says Brian Provinciano literally put the kitchen sink in this game. Hmm. (laughs) That's about right. And when he does a joke, like there's jokes he's had planned in that game since, you know, 2006 that have already been done since then. Like the Mega Man two reference towards the beginning when I first played the game two years ago, it, that was fairly fresh. That hadn't been done by Super Meat Boy or anybody else yet. Um, now it's been done to death, so he changed the joke saying this is the most overused video game reference of all time, enjoy, or something like that. So, um, yeah, I like the game. It's That's a good. Point. It's a good game. You know, I've, got, a- I've got some problems with it. I don't want to feel like we're just here advertising it. Um you know, there's some issues. I don't like how many cops there are. It feels like there's a cop around every corner, which wouldn't be a problem if the game wasn't so chaotic in its controls. Like, mm. neither of those things are a problem in this game, but it can get annoying just, like, every time you turn a corner, you smack into someone and there's a cop. And made the, It's the, the very, very annoying. hard to, to keep a wanted level clear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is that is kind of an issue. But the on the other side of that, I don't find that the cops themselves pose that much of a threat. Yeah, they don't jump for the most part. You can just jump on their heads Mario style and keep going. Right. Yeah, and then and there are enough of those like little bribe police bribe things lying around that you're never really too far away from one, I don't think. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't want to imply that it's, you know, oh, the game's too hard. Like, it's it's not that it's... It, it actually is pretty tricky in some areas, but, like, you know, good difficulty rather than cheap difficulty. The mm-hmm. cops aren't really difficult. 
Um, but it's just a bit irritating, you know? To just have a, no, it's yeah. more of a hassle. Yeah. yeah, it's just like, oh, it, it feels like the game's constantly whining at you when you get that siren stuff going on. But it's not a huge deal. It's not a, a big problem. Um, and it can be fun to just go on a... Like, I haven't gone on a Grand Theft Auto-style rampage in a long time, but I did with this, and it's it's fun. Just getting multiplayers for, like, mowing down a ton of people and then getting the army on your back. Like, it felt really... It reminded me of when me and my brother and friends would just pass around the old, like, the original top-down Grand Theft Auto demo and just take it in turns to see who could last the longest with a full wanted rating. It's It's nice. Yeah, it is nice. And I, I I personally think the gameplay isn't to be tossed off as just a top-down Grand Theft Auto. I've, I'm finding more to it anyway. I think adding a useful jump button, jumping as an attack, actually adds a lot of dimension. And he added this cover system to it that wasn't there a couple of builds ago, which like it almost feels like a parody of Gears of War in a way, like... How silly is a cover system? Look at it in this cute little game. Um, but it still adds some depth to the gameplay as well. So It's not just a simple drive in a car and uh, shoot guys game. There's there's more going on there. Yeah. I, I was surprised at how well that cover system worked. Because mm. when I first heard about it, I was like, okay, we've got this 8-bit top-down GTA-esque um, retro-y funny game. And he's put a cover system in it. And I do not see that working at all and it actually it's not perfect but it works decently yeah it, it works it's still viable to run and gun um but the cover system does add some interesting stuff to it or you can just jump on guys who are shooting at you that's what i like to do yeah you can do like a combo of just staying on top of guys heads like mario style oh that sounded kind of gross yeah sorry guys yeah i'm okay it's a lot of weapons as well. Mm, All kinds yeah, of melee weapons and, and guns. And... Lot to do. Good stuff. I heard a weird beep. Are you guys hearing beeps? Yeah, it's coming from Conrad's end. You alright? Conrad, how are you? Oh, that's weird. I wonder why. Huh. Uh, you sound good now. Maybe it's my mute. Mm. Maybe it is. Oh, interesting. You've been muting from now on oh. again. I've, I've always muted on this show because I have a tendency to laugh constantly. And you don't want people to hear your laugh? It's not that I don't want them to hear me laugh. I don't want my laughing to go over whatever else incredibly entertaining material <sighs> that I'm laughing at. But it adds to the party vibe. Which people I find funny because when you mute yourself, I'm thinking every time I'm saying stuff, oh my god, Conrad thinks this is dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've been reading your silence as like sad disapproval in the corner, just like they're still talking. As opposed to Hamza's loud disapproval. Appears, <laughs> 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 oh my god, you're doing this. Oh my god. <laughs> That was good. I heard your laugh that time. There you go. By there you go. Technological wine. All's uh. well. All's well. That ends well. And um, there's a lot happened this week between lawsuits, between Retro City Rampage, uh, XCOM, and Dishonored coming out. People have been excited yeah. for those. They um, both came out. Yeah, Code my Twitter feed has been full That's of people wondering, trying to choose between them. And yes, Code of Princess, which uh, Dale adored. Mm-hmm. Um, they all got nines from us, I think, right? All three, three of nines. Mm-hmm. Triple nine. Bingo. 
I don't know what that means. Um, but yeah, nine nine nine. That's yeah. That's uh. That was um that guy's plan, Herman Cain. Mm-hmm. I miss him. I wish he was president. Oh, shucky ducky. <laughs> he was great. <laughs> him and debates with Obama would be literally the greatest. That would be interesting of all time. Anyway, I'm sorry. Yes, I, XCOM versus Dishonored. Speaking of the debates, Co- speaking oh, yeah? of the debates, did you yeah. know that mm-hmm. uh, I? I didn't shop about this, even though it's not that impressive. Um, I was quoted by CNN on their website and on the television for what? having one of the top 25 funniest tweets of the presidential debate. No way. Yeah, why? Whoa, what was the tweet, dog? Well, the funny thing is, it was my, it was my least funny tweet of the debate. Uh, I just said, Obama's winning in the uh, look incredibly condescending while the other guy talks race. And that was rather banal. It wasn't as good as my one where I said, because Romney kept looking down to right when Obama was talking. I said, every time he's looking down to right, he is writing more lyrics for his uh, journey rock opera. No, his foreigner rock opera. That is it. Um... Oh, I forgot what I'd called it. Um, but anyway, there was that. Rock-Blooded. That was it. That was the name of his rock <laughs> opera. Uh, I also said every time he did that sad little smile that he kept doing, he was thinking about the um, the sad bit in Land Before Time. Uh, uh, so that was good. I also um, said that the winner of the debate was Mitt Romney's uh, butt plug that was causing him to do that pained little smile all night and hashtagged it with butt plug-licken. So these were all winners. I, if if you are listening, John Stewart, you can have me on to be the new you, um, because I am satirical, as as noted by CNN. That's pretty incredible. I, I wonder how they found you in all the tweets. I heard there was like seventeen thousand tweets about the uh, about Big Bird per minute during the debate, and, yeah. and only more like yours, which you. Didn't sound like you resorted to the Big Bird thing. I didn't mention the Big Bird thing. I thought that was silly. Um, (laughs) Says the man who talks about butt plugs and anuses. Uh, Yeah, it's that was a lot. I think it was like the most tweeted thing in the history of Twitter. Um, Mm. So yeah, it was it was interesting. Um, This has actually been my first presidential. Don't worry, listeners. We're not going to have political opinions. Um, But this has been my first presidential debate as a resident, and I'm finding it fascinating. Horrifying, uh, but fascinating. Uh, So it's interesting to to actually look at it from this side rather than as the outsider I used to be. So I've been having fun with it. Maybe that's what's making me sad. I'm glad you're having fun. But I am sad. No, that's not what it is. I'm sad about doping still. But I'm sad about the debates. I'm sad about video games. How do you feel, Conrad? What were you going to say? You know, I don't, I don't, uh, I just can't care about these candidates right now. And I'm always, I've always been more of a, you know, get engaged in your local politics kind of guy. I don't think the stuff that happens on the national stage affects us on a day-to-day basis the way that, uh, that our, our, our state and city, um, governance does Mm -hmm. Uh, if you really want to you know create a change in your community do it at the community level that's that's where you're going to see progress but um so yeah but i'm at the point where i just can't i'm not interested in either of these two guys at all what made me sad is that so many people said romney won the debate i'm like okay fair enough why do you think he won he smiled more he was you know, more energetic. He was more like, engaging. He was more engaging than Obama sure. was. He was more engaging. He was more wrong. 
but it yes, was exactly. Regardless. It was the fact that America um And then his respect to showed up because he smiled more. Yeah. That just makes me sad. Why don't we care who smiles more in our politics? It's not shouldn't be about that. And then me and Conrad were having a hearty chat on Twitter while I should have been doing things to save people's lives at the hospital. I got caught up in Twitter and chatted with Conrad sure. about I know about and how fifty people died. <laughs> about how people will buy a video game just because people are talking about the game, and it doesn't even matter what they're saying about it. I've heard several people say, "Well, everyone's talking about Resident Evil Six, so I bought that, and I hate it." But I had to find <laughs> out what it was like because everyone was talking about it. I'm like, "Yeah, you didn't though. You could have just waited." Well, no, no, I got to keep up with the zeitgeist because everyone's talking about things and I don't want to be out of the conversation. So I spent 12 hours playing a game I hated just so I could say, I don't like it too. Now I've got a voice. I'm like, oh, why? You know, if you keep doing that, then people will just make games that will be talked about regardless if anyone's going to enjoy them or not. We don't want to reward them for making games that are just controversial or well i think it goes back to you know when we were kids we didn't have a lot of money for games Mm -hmm. you know and so we rented games to find out whether or not they were good you can still do that renting resident evil 6 so but but with but with that option available with the rental option available i can't have any sympathy for a jackass who goes and buys a game on the basis that a whole bunch of people are talking about and they want to know what it's about and spending that money and then being pissed off about it. I can't that, that can't justify those two things in my mind. You have options. I think Holmes's problem is more that the, the game itself is being rewarded. Uh, yes, for being I don't shit. want publishers to be rewarded for making a game that people will talk about that isn't fun. That's sad. That it, making me I sad. get the tragedy. I just I guess I'm just resigned to it now. Mm. Um, and again it's I I game on the PC so much, and I'm playing games on there where nothing happens in the game. You just <laughs> you just see how many times you can be frightened. Uh, so I'm I'm living in a little bit of a golden age where it's like anything can happen on on in the indie PC scene. Mm-hmm. So it's like I used to be very sad and worried about the big AAA mainstream thing. Now I'm just contemptuous of it. Mm. Um, that's not to say I don't like games in AAA stuff. You know, I, oh, I no. when I, they're good, of I, course. You know, I just gave a nine to Dishonored, which I adore. Um, but the the method, I, I think it's more. It's it's a shame that great games have to go through shitty hoops to get where they are. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, I'm just waiting for the bottom to fall out of AAA development altogether, so that we can have a glorious age of people doing shit for themselves it's going to take a very long time i really think that yeah my i don't have an issue with uh triple a developers triple a publishers making and producing games that i don't give a damn about because there is a wealth an absolute wealth endless more than i could ever play in my lifetime of cool interesting games being made all the time yep true so we're fine I, I, I'm not worried that I'm going to run out of video games to play, but knowing the people that are making games that are good and knowing the people who want to play games that are good and seeing all these barriers come up between the people who want good games, the people that make good games, barriers like, oh, well, 
you know, I'd never heard of that game, but I heard about this game, so I just bought it because everyone's talking about it, and it sucks. I'm like, that's time you could have been spent with a really good game. And they're like, oh, well, you know, no one was talking about it, so I didn't bother playing it. You can't get (laughs) upset about every individual's poor decision-making skills. I do. I'm a social worker. It's a shame that it's life. We live in a world where Here Comes Honey Boo Boo is on the television, and people vote for the politician that can smile more. Let's just this is why I'm stop worrying and play Lone Survivor until we die, which will be very soon. <laughs> Lone Survivor is pretty Holmes, good. Keep your spirits high and your standards low. Wow, that should be on a t-shirt. At the end of the day, Jonathan Holmes, uh-huh. life is fleeting, and the best thing we'll do with it is die. <laughs> that should not be on. So a t-shirt. don't worry. That's a good oh. message. Don't worry. Be happy. Because you will never accomplish anything. <laughs> and I, I hold everyone to that. I have absolutely no expectations of accomplishing anything. Ever. Wow. But you've done yeah. so much. I guess expectation didn't help you get there, though, per We've se. done. We have all done so much. But when you factor in that cosmically, mm. cosmically... Bill Gates, for all his business building and charitable donation, on the universal level has done fuck all and is naught but a wisp of pubis on the mound of God. Wow. A wisp of it. Just, not even a pubis. A not wisp just of a pubis. tiny bit of fluff that got <laughs> caught in there. When all he, of our issues are nothing yeah. but a crab. <laughs> a pubic crab or just a right, regular old right, crab? Right, a pubic crab. Yeah. Oh, those are a pubic itchy. crab on the crotch. Of Not God. even that. We're a pubic crab on the crab. You know what? Actually, to be perfectly <laughs> honest, I think if we were a crab on God's crotch, we'd get a little more attention from him. Mm. <laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen, we're getting into religion now. Uh, you've had your you've had your liberal politics. Now it's time for us to bag on the Christians, but never dare mention Islam because we're scared. mercy no it's just religion in general he never mentioned christianity just god it's the idea yeah just 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 god just the the one god of the thousands yeah sure i don't know pick your own there's loads uh what are we going to talk about (laughs) i played homestuck for a second thanks to chef karyu that guy who hated me and then liked me, who loves frogs, yeah. and oh, tweets yeah. like every 13 Still seconds. Him. Me I too. I'm why. fascinated. I And, you know, since he's gotten a few more followers since we mentioned him on Podtoid, and I think the philosophical depth and strangeness of his tweets have both improved. So great job on you. And he got really excited. He overheard me on Twitter. I guess that's how you call it. He eavesdropped on me talking to someone else about how I've never played Homestuck and I don't really understand what it is. He really insisted on me checking it out. And it's pretty neat, as it as it turns out. Who knew? Did you guys know it was neat this whole time? I did not know it was neat. It is a little text adventure type game with graphics done with MS Paint. And it's got sound effects and it's cute and quirky. It's alright. Yeah, I've only played it for like 15 seconds, so... I don't know, there's going to be, there's a lot of philosophical depth and surrealism and blah, blah, blah to it. But um, just on the surface, yeah, it's good times, this whole MS Paint Adventures thing. 
I, uh, I'm sad that I didn't understand how good it was before. Check it out, guys. It's not that bad. Do it. Check it out, you idiots. God, <laughs> and, for God's sake. And by text adventure, I don't mean like type, look to the left. It's usually like multiple choice and reading a fair amount of text to go along with it. More like an interactive comic. Like the old fighting fantasy, choose your own adventure books. Yeah, a bit like those, except digital. Yeah, not did, you ever, did you guys ever play the Lone Wolf books? No, what are those? These are phenomenal. They were um, reprinted by Mongoose Press, I think, a few years ago. And it was a, a series of... They were like choose-your-own-adventure books. But you, your character carried over from one book to the next. And so you had... It was like playing a pen-and-paper role-playing game. And you had a little character sheet in the front of the book. And just, you know, not a whole lot of stats, but a few. And as you went through the book, there would be situations where, you know, check this stat. If it's above this, you can go here. If it's below that, you have to go here. Um, or you can try to use this ability. And, and it was really, really well crafted and pretty oh. well written. For uh, But it was like the next level of Choose Your Own Adventure. If you get a chance to check them out, they're, they're pretty good. Sounds very similar to the fighting fantasy ones. <laughs> yeah, Warlock of Firetop Mountain and Chaos Citadel and all that kind of stuff. Where the... Did your stats carry over in those, though? Yeah. Stats? Wow. Yeah, you carried your stats over. Oh, I mean in the, the Fighting Fantasy one. I know. Uh, no, they were all very self-contained books. Ah. Uh, I think there was like one one or two that were actual series. Um, I believe they carried over, but the, the ones I remember the most were standalone adventures. You had little dice, roller dice, fight a pig. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. That's good stuff. I remember those books. Good time back then. Simpler <laughs> time. Indeed. Um, I played the what was it the the fighting fantasy game they made for the DS, the Warlock of Firetop Mountain. That was a sad time. Oh yeah. Tried to That's do like a first person RPG, um, hack and slash. Uh, didn't work at all. Mm. It was it was sad. Looked like shite. Uh. But it was, I was really looking forward to it, because I used to love those books, but nah. I think there's one coming to iOS now. That makes sense. Yeah, maybe it'll be better. Yeah. I forgot uh, about the duck muck game for the DS. I really have to track that down. You know about that? duck muck Yeah, you just rub Daffy Duck and he says things. It's a whole game for the DS. That oh, is, is that the one that they based on the cartoon with the artist? Mm-hmm, yeah. Ah. I gotta track that down. That's was, that's one of those games I just thought would always be in the store and I could buy later, but they printed like twenty thousand of them and that's it. So uh, your that. overconfidence has been your undoing. It usually is when it comes to video games. Jeez, jeez, life. Huh. What else are you playing for video games, Jim? You playing those things? Uh, Fighting Force. Fighting Force that for came, the PS One. Yeah, that came to the. Um... PSN for the PS Vita direct download. Was that like a 98 game? 90, maybe uh, 2000? I can't even remember. I'm hearing myself coming through someone else's speakers. It, it's oh, yeah? probably mine. It's uh, the, the worst thing I've ever experienced in my life. I'm not hearing it at all, so that might be good. Oh, well, that means it's probably coming from you if you're not hearing it. Oh, no. What did I do? Is this better? Uh, I don't know. I can hear myself a little bit. I wonder why that's happening. I'm gonna rub. I'm gonna rub this pad. I'm rubbing it. How how do you sound now? Say that you're rubbing it again. I'm rubbing it. Oh. Is it working? How do you uh, sound? I don't know. Uh, that's better. There we go. Oh good. All right. I just gotta oh, keep wait, rubbing no. it for the rest of the show. I can hear myself again. 
What? I'm you still rub it furiously and hard, boy. Um, but yeah, Fighting Force. Now this is a game that's shit, uh, but it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't matter because I. It makes me so happy to play it. It's an old. For those who don't know, it's an old 3D brawler in the same vein of Streets of Rage. I mean, it basically is a ripoff of Streets of Rage, but it's polygons and 3D because of the future, guys. Mm. Um, and I used to play it with my brothers like a ton of times. I, for some reason, I thought it was on the N64 as well. I think you're right. Yeah. I think I may have played it on the N64. Um, but either way, as soon as I saw Fighting Force, because I'd remembered the game on and off for years. Ever since I played it, just on and off, could never remember its name. And then for some reason, I ended up stumbling on a link to a YouTube video for that showed off Fighting Force gameplay. And it was it. I saw the fucking familiar scroll through the street, and then the helicopter landing, and then the, the guy for the punching. The red-haired and, guy, right? And there was like a blonde guy, and then a big muscly guy, and then two lady characters. Mm. And then it what there it was, and like just... You know, you know those memories that just like punch you. They they come to you so hard and fast from nowhere. Uh, it was one of those moments. Just like my nostalgia just punched me in the face, and then there it was. I saw it again, scrolling down, looking at the the latest PSN uh, PS Vita direct download releases, and I'm like, holy fuck, that is Fighting Force. I'm buying it now, forever. And I bought it and played it um, for ten minutes. <laughs> but it was the happiest 10 minutes of my life. I weirdly loved that game because that came out in an era when all the arcade-style games I used to love were dying out and all the 2D gameplay-type games I used to love were, were, you know, Mario wasn't 2D anymore, it was 3D, Zelda wasn't 2D anymore, it was 3D. I was, I was worried the t- 2D gameplay was going to die forever. I wasn't uh, very long-sighted at that point. So Fighting Force was like a bastion of normalcy for me. It was like, oh, yeah, like Double Dragon. This I understand. It's not like the Tomb Raider where you're jumping around and, you know, XYZ axis. I don't understand what the hell this is. I was all confused by 3D games. Hmm. And Fighting Force made me feel uh, normal. I struggled with that for a long time, too. And that was one of the... um one of the motivations for me moving to away from consoles and into PC, I've done this a few times, you know, go to consoles, then do PC, then do consoles, then do PC, do PC. And one of the things that, that made me make that shift at one point was watching consoles sort of develop 3D gaming and how ineffective it really, it wasn't working that well early on. And, and it just turned me off to the whole thing because I just, I just didn't get it. Yeah. Yeah. These Even are all... as a kid, you could tell it looked shit. Yeah. But people loved it, though. I remember. I remember people at are the time... dumb. Didn't we just establish that? <laughs> I don't know. I thought maybe I was missing something, but I was looking at these ugly polygon-based graphics on the PS1 and the N64, and saying, "Don't you remember just a few years ago, 16-bit graphics, good animation, details, color." Uh, you know, even realistic-looking graphics now and again, and people are like, nope, Polygon's better. That shit sucks. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I'm so bummed. Um, you know, Sir Toby, speaking of that whole generational change, Sir Toby uh, made an interesting point to me that uh, Resident Evil 6 is just like when Mario changed to 3D or Zelda changed or Final Fantasy changes, that, that all these long-standing series... 
within six or so, six to eight games in, they just radically change to try to keep up for the times. And it's always difficult for people, but those changes just have to be accepted. And it's been happening uh, since video I games started. I think that's started. a good point. I think that's a really mm. good point that he's making. And you know, and while I don't particularly care for the direction that the Resident Evil series has been going in uh, the last couple of games, uh, in terms of it, its action focus and, and so forth, it is, it is a logical extension. And I don't think that... Uh, I, I, I don't know, maybe I've said this before on this show, but I, I think we're too limiting in the description that we apply to horror games. We expect them to all be survival horror. But, I mean, just mm. go look at the, the horror section of your local DVD store and see what they call horror. Look at what they call horror in literature. It's not all... Um, it's not all about you know, survival. There's gore horror. There's uh, just creeping tension. There's all sorts of different ways sure. you can have a game and have it be horror. And not so. We're, I think we're just too tied up in the concept of survival horror because those are the games that have been the most successful. The thing is, mm-hmm. though, is Resident Evil Six isn't a, a horror. Ga- it's not a horror game at all. It's not an action horror. Dead Space is an action horror. There mm. is nothing about any kind of fear in in Resident Evil 6. It's not that kind of game, and that's not even to knock it. Uh, my problem with Resident Evil 6 goes way beyond it jettisoning horror. Um, mm. But after okay, I... But, but let me ask you this. Um, I know you, you like the movie Dead Alive. Yeah. Is that horror? Um, I think it is. Comedy I, horror. I, I would err on comedy horror. But it's I was still, scared to me, sometimes. it's still a firm comedy. I always called it a splatter movie, which I always d- d- had as a different distinction from horror in that a splatter movie can be like bad taste, which is see, I... like pure gross-out, almost like, you know, almost like a gross-out comedy. But And I've always considered that sort of splatter element that you described to be a subgenre of the horror, you know, the, mm. the larger horror thing, because that's supposed to be t- stomach-turning. Right, like, in, its um, own, in its own little way. Yeah. Have you seen can... uh, Vampire Girl versus Frankenstein Girl? I'm intrigued. I've seen the fucking should... intro for it. You should watch it immediately. It's grotesque. It, yeah, it's so splatter, but not scary at all. There's not a, a moment of of horror in that. Yeah. It's just. But, I mean, I, I I'm a something of a horror aficionado. I love horror in, in all its forms, both the good and, and the shit. Um, but after I played Resident Evil 6, I took the horror tag off of any Resident Evil uh, 6 story I did because mm. I can't in good faith call it a horror game. And I'm not saying that because it's not survival horror. I'll call Dead Space a horror game. Sure. I will call... Um, hell, even the... Oh, I can't even remember the fucking name of it now. Are uh, they cute? What happens in it? I can't remember. I think nah. I had a game and then realized I didn't. Not Silent Hill? <laughs> but, something else? But hell, even some of the more action-oriented Silent Hills, uh, they're not survival horror anymore. Um, mm. There's very little survival horror. But, you know, the I'd look at Resident Evil 6 the same way I'd look at In terms of atmosphere, not certainly not in terms of quality. In terms of atmosphere, I'd put it maybe on par with Bioshock. And Bioshock isn't really a horror game, uh, it, but it's got some, you know, moments in it that are horrific. Yeah. Uh, and there are moments in Resident Evil 6 that are horrific, but it's not a horror. It's way closer to, you know, if we're going to stick with movie genres. It's firmly in the sci-fi. 
uh, mm. and not sci, not horror sci-fi. It's right. just sci-fi. Um, and that's, like I said, that's not my problem with Resident Evil 6. My problem with Resident Evil 6 is it's shite. Right. Uh, just to be clear, it's... <laughs> I. And I, again, it's not, oh, I love horror games and I don't like action games. Look at me. I love action games. Um, we, I was just talking about liking fighting fucking force <laughs> of all games. Sure. Um, as a, I, as a, as an action game, it's not good. It's, if this was not called Resident Evil 6, if this was called something else, if it was an original IP, it would be firmly on a shelf between Inversion and Quantum Theory. These, these little shitty third-person shooters that just copy everyone and don't have any unified direction because they're just desperately trying to find an audience. Um, and, and that's where I see Resident Evil 6. It's not that it's too new for me to appreciate. It's not that it's not horror. It's just shite. Right. Yeah. I, I, I got that from you, for sure. But I do think it's interesting, um, before long-standing series used to change because of technological leaps and now they're they're changing i mean instead of going from 2d to 3d with mario we're just going towards horror to action in in a lot of different games i think dead space 3 looks more action than horror overall from what i've heard definitely it it's uncharted meets gears of war in many ways Uh, and again it's i'm not if it's still a good game if it's still a good action game I'll be happy, more or less, because I, you know, I like Visceral. I think they do very good work, uh, and I love the Dead Space story, and and I like the action in in all of the Dead Spaces. Uh, I'm sad that it just represents the way games are going. Just this, people have forgotten what it's like to be a market leader. Now mm-hmm. they think they think they they think market leaders follow, which runs counter to the idea of them being a leader. Uh, they forget that Call of Duty, um, okay, its recent games have been doing the same thing. There was once upon a time when Call of Duty was the first thing to do a thing, and that's why it's successful. Yeah, Modern you know? Warfare 1 was pretty... Yeah, and if it's yeah. not the first, if it wasn't even the first, it was the first one to popularize it. Like, mm-hmm. I believe that the perk system in, in multiplayer wasn't originated in, in Modern Warfare in Call of Duty 4, but it was the first time it got really big. And it, mm-hmm. ironically, we see this in Resident Evil. It wasn't the first survival horror. It was the first big one. And mm-hmm. that's why it led the market for a good long time. It led the horror genre. Uh, and, and now Resident Evil 6 isn't going to... It couldn't lead a bumblebee. It, <laughs> it, it, it can't because it's just copying everything. But you look at the most successful games on the market, the, the, the actual industry leaders, Halo, popularized... Um, multiplayer on consoles on consoles it was it was a console multiplayer it was the first big one mario fucking platformers Mm -hmm. it brought us the mascot platformer these these are market leaders because they led and so many companies now forget that they forget that every major franchise started it started it didn't it wasn't a sequel to something. It didn't copy someone else and, you know, that was already successful. It fucking started something. It didn't... Oh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> too sad to finish that sentence. Uh, which also totally disproves what I said earlier about me not being too bothered by it. Um, <laughs> I'm not. I, I, I get frustrated by the, the psychology of it. 
I, I'm yeah. really pissed off at, at, at bad, bad idiots. <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm not sad about the industry as a whole because there's still so much going on. There are, I mean, there's, there's again, people on PC proving that a lot of what people think about the market is bullshit. Mm. You know, we got Legend of Grimrock doing a, a hardcore, old-school, dungeon-crawling, single-player um, RPG and doing really well. And Amnesia doing a real horror experience and succeeding. Um, so there's, there's, happy, there's, there's a lot to be really thrilled about. Um, yeah, it's, it's weird for me. I don't play games on the PC that often, but I can't dispute that the audience on uh, PC really just cares about how good a game is and doesn't seem to get caught up as much in just, you know, buying whatever the big series is and just yeah. only sticking to brand loyalty and that sort of thing. They'll they'll branch out and try new things. And it and, really uh, is all about the gameplay. That's one of the mm-hmm. one of the ironies of, of PC gaming is that, you know, PC is where you go if you want the highest end graphics, like the best looking games. And then you look at some of the most like successful PC games, and they look comparatively like shit. Oh, Minecraft. Yeah, yeah, Minecraft. Amnesia isn't that graphically impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, even Grimrock. Like Grimrock is a pretty game, but it's not the triple. It's not Crisis. Sure. Um, some of the best PC. Well, I, I would say all of the best PC gaming experiences I've had haven't been anywhere near the graphical limits of, of, of what a PC can, you know, the highest end PC can do, or mm-hmm. even just a regular high end PC, um, because it's, it is all about the gameplay on this stuff. I mean, there's a reason why GOG is so successful selling games from the nineties, fucking Tex Murphy. And, and <laughs> what did I, I've been playing the last express this week, you know, just these old games that look nowhere near as, as, gorgeous as most modern pc games but people still love them sure and that homestuck thing i was talking about it's all made in ms paint their kickstarter raised two and a half million dollars or something like that so there's an audience on pc for any kind of game i think that's pretty awesome yeah should we do questions soon do you like questions we can do it's conrad conrad have you been playing anything you want to talk about yeah Uh, i played forza horizon yesterday What's that? It's the new Forza racing game. Oh, I didn't hear you say the Forza part. Okay. Yeah, but it's it it's kind of cool. I mean, they've got a they're trying something a little different. It's it's more about social engagement than you know shaving seconds off your time. Good. So like everything that you do generates some sort of value for you. Whether you know you do a drift in a turn and people see that and they're like, oh, that's exciting. You know, you're doing a drift and it sort of increases your fame meter and so that's one kind of progress and then you have your race completion progress and all of that and it's a big open world it's uh colorado utah a little bit mostly colorado um and uh it's all centered around like a music festival with racing which seems uh, like maybe the two don't fit, but they kind of do. And uh, the only thing about it that I'm not like super keen on is the fact that it is an open world. And that, that sort of turned me off on burnout uh, paradise because I I didn't want to have to drive to everything I wanted to do. I just wanted to be there and do the thing I wanted to do. And this is mitigating some of that with, uh, there are fast travel locations that you can unlock later in the game, as I'm led to understand. Um, 
But even still, I, I miss the menus. I miss menus. I'm just old-fashioned like that, I guess. Ah, fair enough. Hopefully they'll have a menus option in the next one. I think everyone should just be catered to all the way, all the time. It'd be wonderful. Yeah, uh, I'm not. I'm not down with that. Not everybody needs to be catered to. I didn't think you'd agree. That's okay. I don't. I don't. I don't need to be catered to. If you don't, you know, you don't want to make the game the way I would make it. That's fine. I don't have to play it. I'm not upset about that. That's <sighs> You're so, such a nice guy, Conrad. So, I'm, just, so, I'm just not selfish about these sorts of things. There's lots of other people out there who are going to love that shit. But that's so, not, you know, most people just look out for number one. But you're saying, hey, you know, don't make a game for me. That's fine. Well, somebody else is going to make the game for me. Yeah, that's true. So you're expecting that. Or not expecting, oh, no, I should just stop talking. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, everyone. You can keep talking. You sure? Why? What are you doing? I don't know. <laughs> I uh, do it if you want. I got a I got a film pitch for Willem Dafoe. If we oh, let's do that. Time. I, I won't be too long because it's getting a bit late. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, we haven't had one of these in a while. For those who may be new to the show, uh, every now and then uh, we come up with a film pitch for the Destructoid's patron saint in many ways, um, famed actor Willem Dafoe. He's not taken any of the ideas yet, <laughs> but maybe one day. Um, and I've got this idea. Uh, 101 Dalmatians. Mm. Now, we all know the familiar Disney story. This one comes with a twist. Two Dalmatians played by Danny DeVito and Barbara Streisand. Whoa, I didn't see that coming. Just on all fours, crawling around, wearing clothes. Uh, just <laughs> a white sweater with black spots on it. Um, they're crawling around. They have 101 baby Dalmatians. And they are all little Willem Dafoes. <laughs> now, we need CGI for this, because what I want is I don't want just a dog with Willem's face. I want little fleshy skin colored like human skin colored naked um bodies tiny bodies with with oversized willem dafoe heads and like digitigrade legs like the triple jointed legs at the back oh no Um, just crawling around they look a bit like featherless chickens no don't do that little tiny little tiny chunguses just just Dribbling oh, no. down. I hate the little chungus. No. And they all just go. <laughs> like that. Um, That's a mixture of pain and laughter. Brendan Fraser is made up with this. He's the owner. He's he's loving it. He loves he's just oh, we've got a hundred and one Dalmatians. It's so good. And he turns to his wife, who obviously is being played by Weird Al Yankovic. And, I didn't see that coming either. And Weird Al Yankovic is like, oh, it's it's a hundred and one Dalmatians. I couldn't be happier with that, but we'll have to sell them. <laughs> Why? Because there's too many. Uh, and Brendan Fraser says, "Yes, you're right. We will have to sell them because of the economy." Oh, and then he looks straight at the camera and says, President Obama has run this country into the ground by by the war 
and Big Bird <laughs> and selling all the money. Selling uh, money? Selling all the money. We, we, I'll be honest. Um, we're being funded by the GOP for this one. They're, they're the guys I they're the guys I could get the money from because because I told them at one point we would say the word God in it uh, and at that point Brendan Fraser says God um, I am going to sell these Dalmatians to a rich old woman who will come and buy them uh, oh Cruella Deville and he turns to the camera and says but I don't know she's going to turn it into a coat so don't judge me <laughs> Judge Obama who is forcing Victorian English housemaids like my wife to become a prostitute and sell her sweet pussy for sex. <laughs> and he's referring to Weird Al Yankovic? Yes! And Weird Al Yankovic says, Oh, that Obama! <laughs> we are just a poor Victorian family! And I have got to go on the game and sell my sweet pussy for sex. Glad <laughs> <laughs> Conrad chimed in with the laughter. Um, yeah, I, I did. I was gonna say uh, juicy cunt, uh, but that's offensive, and you know I don't think Disney's gonna go for it. Um, or the GOP, no. Or the GOP, but I think Disney and the GOP will will compromise with sweet pussy. <laughs> Yeah, that's fine. That could be interpreted. It's family friendly. Sure. It, it's a it's a film about dogs. They might think they are cats. It's vague. Yeah, it's it's uh, tastefully vague. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we might actually, for a fun joke, have um, Weird Al Yankovic selling cats, and it is a cat prostitute. <laughs> it's hey, who wants to buy a cat? I have got a basket full of sweet pussy to sell. And then a man comes along, I don't know, played by Lemmy Kilminster. Uh, and oh. he'll go, oh, I don't mind buying some of them pussy. I sell you that much. Uh, here, put them in this sack. Uh, and and she just gets a, a trowel and just scoops up a quart of cats and puts them in the bag. And he just throws it over his shoulder and then looks at the camera and says, you know what? I was going to keep these... Uh, I can't do Lemmy's voice. <laughs> no, that's good. I was going to keep these cats here for um, to keep for pets. But thanks to that bloody Obama, I'm going to go home and eat these. <laughs> and keep those off. Uh, so this is, this is the, the life of Brendan Fraser and Weird Al Yankovic. Um, forcing Barbara Streisand <laughs> and, and Danny DeVito to have sex. To make Willem Dafoe Dalmatians. Who to... they sell to who? Ah, well, here we go. Mm. Here comes the villain of the piece. Okay. Who is going to make Dalmatians into clothes, but we don't know that yet. Cruellum, Cruellum Dafoe, Cruellum what? Dafoe. What? Cruellum, Cruellum Dafoe. That's like a triple, that's 102 roles for Willem Dafoe in one movie. Can that be done? Open the door! <laughs> Open the door, I'm Cruella Defoe! <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello, Cruella Defoe! Come on in! I was just selling my sweet pussy to Lemmy Kilminster! It's gonna eat him thanks to that Obama! Oh, I know that Obama's a piece of shit! Anyway, let me have a look at the dogs! <laughs> what? Yeah, how could you make a coat out of 
furless dogs. They're just weird, hairless chicken babies with Willem Dafoe's face, human face. How are you going to make these dogs into coats, Brendan Fraser asks Cruellum Dafoe. Mm. They are just little hairless chicken babies with you, your face. That's not my face. <laughs> in, in an unspecified <laughs> actor's face. That was the only part of the question that was that made sense. That they did technically have his face, and that's the one part he denied. They've got the face right there. You can see it. It's not my face. (laughs) Okay. Those those dogs look a lot like Willem Dafoe, but I am crew Willem Dafoe. (laughs) So you can't. You're not possibly be my face, but I like their raw ass. (laughs) I'm gonna shave their asses off and turn them into a Dalmatian ass coat. But you said you wouldn't do that, uh, is what Brendan Fraser asks Cruellum Defoe. And Cruellum Defoe says, yeah, we'll blame Obama. Good idea, says Brendan Fraser. I will blame Obama. Jesus Christ. That's also what he says. Um, so, weird like that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so Cruellum Defoe gives them, you know, an hundred pounds. Here's an hundred English pounds. Go buy yourself more sweet pussy to sell to bands from old metal groups. Jesus Christ. That was a real one. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, over the course of the film, it becomes apparent that, you see, you think that Cruellum Defoe's specific denial of the faces was Mm -hmm. me trying to cover my tracks. Oh, no. No. It's a plot point. Oh. Because at one point, Brendan Fraser sits down in a chair and says, man, it's weird how those dogs looked like actor Willem Dafoe. And then Barbara Streisand says, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't look like. Willem Dafoe! <laughs> it looks like... I can't tell if this is offensive or not. So no. Stop me if it is. I, I'm sure it's not. I was trying to do Fran Drescher, then I got scared. <laughs> and did something else. Oh no! <laughs> it's... It's not! <laughs> it's not! You can't even finish it. No. <laughs> wow, the spirits overcome him. It's it's not Willem Dafoe. It is Cruellum Dafoe. <laughs> who, under cover of night, <laughs> had sex with my ass and made what? ass and made ass babies. Which is the only way a human and a dog can have babies. Wow. (laughs) Wow. I'm the worst. (laughs) No, no, no. Mm. No, it's good. Obviously, at that point, uh, Weird Al Yankovic says, Oh my god! We've just sold Cruella Dafoe's own children back to us! 
and she's gonna shake off their asses to make a Dalmatian ass coat. Let me, let me help us. <laughs> Lemmy, he's just a random customer who bought some cats from him earlier. And, or and, her. And Lem- oh, 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 whoa, oh, oh, whoa! Oh. Did you just say Lemmy is just some guy? Well, in 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 Yankovic's life, uh, I, I'm just, uh, Lemmy's very important, but to, to Weird Al is just another cat customer, right? I would... So anyway, the grandfather clock in the main room opens and Lemmy steps out whoa. and just says, "So I heard somebody call me name. What do you want?" Oh, we need to ride on your back because you are the fastest runner. What? <laughs> we got to go to Cruellum de Falls house. Who's? I'm Scottish. Go, go to her. Who's? Because uh, she's actually a man, and she had sex with Barbara Streisand. Makes sense to me. Up on my back. <laughs> so weird, El Yankovic, Brendan Fraser. Danny DeVito. He's coming too? Uh, I'm coming too, says Danny <laughs> DeVito. He jumps on her back, and um, um, Barbara Drescher gets on as well. And they just, oh, strap yourselves then. I'm going to do running fast. Uh, so he runs really fast, and they go to <laughs> Gruillem Dafoe's mansion, which is just a giant marble slab with his face, with Willem Dafoe's face etched into it. And they go through the mouth to go into the house. And to their horror, they realise they're too late. Because Cruillam Defoe has realised that they are their children. He looks up with blood just dripping from his mouth. Uh, Cruillam Defoe, And he says, It's all over. I just realised that I had sex with a dog. <laughs> and had ass babies. Which I then bought for an hundred pounds. And it was my last an hundred pounds in the world. Because of Obama and Obamacare. <laughs> so now I've had to eat all the dogs. Ugh. And he picks up, they're all dead, just strewn about. Picks up one of these hairless, fleshy, um, chicken dog baby Willems. And just bite, just crunches into its head with just this, Ugh. just this. Uh. Um, um, care to join me for dinner? <laughs> and no. Le- and Lemmy says, "Well, under a democratic government, we might as well eat baby hybrid inbred dog monster bastards." <laughs> and they all sit down and eat while the th- uh, theme tune plays. Well, uh, the theme. Every one? time I think about you, I touch myself. Oh, I didn't think that was... I don't want anybody else. I'm eating the dog. It's <laughs> a feel-bad feel bad tune um, in a lot of different ways. Oh, it's a great idea. That reminded me a lot of Seaman towards the end. That could be Seaman... I, I was thinking about semen a lot as well when I was talking about eating a dog. Nah, no, semen. Yeah. They eat they eat each other, the semen. I it's eat semen as well, yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about the video game character. The, the, uh, the he's what? got a human head. Human head, he's got I a know. fish body. I know. They, have you I'm, seen them kill each other? It's pretty creepy. Games. Speaking of obscure games nobody's playing. Um, oh, ouch. 
Well, no, it's just it's fair enough. Uh, <laughs> uh, tonight, I'm gonna I'm gonna get to play um, uh, Diamond Trust of London. Oh, good. I love this game. This if, if, Jim, have you heard of this? Do you know what this is? Diamond Trust? No, I don't. I should point out because she will kill me. It was Alex's idea to call him Cruellum Defoe. Anyway, uh, moving oh, on. Good idea. I just I got to give the credit where it's due. Uh, the, um, the blame. Uh, sorry, Diamond Trust of London. Yeah, it's uh, it's by Jason Rohrer, the guy who did Passage and uh, you know indie game guy. Right, and, right. And it's it has the distinction of being the only. Uh, Nintendo DS cartridge that the manufacturing costs were covered by player funding. Uh, he did a Kickstarter, and it was a cool Kickstarter in that the game was done. It was, you know, everything was finished. He just needed to manufacture the cartridges. He needed like 90 grand to do it. And he got the money, and he put the game out, and I bought a copy of the game, and it's amazing. It's like a, it's a board game, basically, that you couldn't play without computer assistance because you're trying to um, negotiate. Uh, with trackers to find diamonds in Angola and smuggle them back to Britain. And you do this by sending out your agents to carry out these transactions, but they're not necessarily going to remain loyal to you. Your opponent can bribe them, at which point they will begin to reveal information about what your next moves are going to be. And everyone gets a turn after decisions are made to change their minds and do different things so these agents can serve as um you you can you can have the agents there and and get information as to what your opponent's doing but your opponent could at the same time know which of his people have been bribed and be feeding you incorrect information fully planning to do something entirely different clever it's a really smart game um it's a little not player friendly at first, the guy made passage mm. to be expected. Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little sprite-based kind of board game thing. It plays on DS, and uh, it, it, the other cool thing about it is that you get one cartridge, and you can DS download play it to anyone you want, and the download play people can even play with each other. So one cartridge could power an entire room full of people playing this game in yeah, two, you know one-on-one cool. -on -one competition. Give it's a, a man a fish, cool and he will feed his family. Give a man the diamond heisty of London game, <laughs> and he will play it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, but the other thing, too, is that it's not really good single player, because the AI, it, it, eventually, you outsmart the AI. And then there's right. just no real challenge, no benefit to playing with it. So that's the other problem, is that I, always, I'll never, I never get to play it, because I have to find people who are willing to play this freaking thing with me. Hmm. Yeah, you need to have parties for it. I, yeah. uh, I bought it as well, but I haven't gotten... I haven't even gotten half as into it. I barely got into it at all um, because there's no one to play with. And I only had one DS at the time. Yeah, Can you play on the same DS? I didn't you cannot. You yeah, cannot. So. It has to transmit information back and forth. And, yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting game. Uh, people often forget that he has a whole bundle of games on DSiWare. Passage, Gravitation... And another game called Between are all on um, DSiWare for just two no, bucks. That's just because hardly games. anyone knows DSiWare exists. I know, it's sad. It's the most popular um, home console, I mean, a uh, portable console. But it's download service. People just are like, nope, all those games probably suck. Because a lot of them do. But not all of them do. Some of them are good. I talked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sad about myself. Questions? I'll be alright. Uh, this guy... 
Jamie Dunn, we all know him. He says, ask this in Podtoid, please, buddy, because I will be at work during question time. Oh. He's so sad and desperate. And uh, But he tweeted that, and that only left him room to say, what would you guys do if you woke up as others? That's his question. <laughs> <laughs> Something's not. <laughs> as others. Mm-hmm. Now, are we talking about the societal concept of the other? Are we it talking about... That. Other Nicole kin? Kidman. It could be uh, Nicole Kidman's The Others. It could be anything. I, I, If I woke up as anyone other than myself, though, I I'm, would probably be pretty yeah. excited. I'm going to assume he meant as each other. As, Maybe. as Podtoid hosts waking up as each other. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, if I was Conrad, I'd shave my mustache because I'm Ugh. very uncomfortable with facial hair. It makes me feel like there's something stuck to my face, like there's tape on me. And if I were Jim, I would just bask in all of the power and glory and love that you get every day on Destructoid. It's wonderful. Not that you don't, Conrad. You no, do no. too. No, I would. I would if I if I woke up as uh, as Jonathan Holmes, I would masturbate furiously. <laughs> and if I woke up as Jim Sterling, I'd masturbate Jonathan Holmes furiously. <laughs> Oh, you guys, you rascals! I honestly think if I, if I woke up as you, Jonathan, mm-hmm. right, honestly, I would get a floppy hat with a steepled floppy hat, right? Mm-hmm. Like what a farmer might wear, and go to a pumpkin patch and just trump about in it. Just just trump about in a pumpkin patch as Jonathan Holmes wearing a floppy farmer's hat. I think that would be just a delight. I think it's something you would enjoy. I think it's something I would enjoy. And then, you know, I'll, if it's only for a day, then you'll have to deal with getting the pumpkin out of your ass. <laughs> that makes me, other than the... Uh all the anal aspects of the whole thing. That doesn't sound too bad. Be a, Maybe lot, I should... a lot of anal aspects to it. <laughs> to, to, you'll be yeah. surprised what you can do with your anus on a pumpkin. 73 questions have come in since I asked. Oh my Isn't God. that crazy? Fucking just on Twitter. Hell. Yeah, I'll just look at them real quick. I'll just do what? You want to do two? Yeah. Uh, okay. Just, just to also say, if I woke up as Conrad, I would just breathe on Jordan Duvall while he's sleeping. <laughs> You're describing my Thursdays. <laughs> oh, someone asked about Forza Horizon. I guess oh, wow. it's uh, a little redundant, but why not ask again? Uh, that's uh, Folix Richie asks Have you ever been disappointed by a sequel that completely changes the feel of a game? Forza Horizon has done this for me. He's disappointed with it already, I guess. Yeah, I've been disappointed with, uh, like we were talking about earlier, I was not a fan of Mario 64 when it came out. Um, I thought it I'm changed. still not. Yeah, I've, I've grown to be apathetic towards it instead of actively disappointed. Um, Zelda, Ocarina of Time, I like the 3DS remake a little bit more because the graphics were less awful to look at. But weirdly enough, I, I don't mind looking at Majora's Mask at all. Uh, it's weird, because they're so similar, but Majora's Ask's Mask does enough interesting Majora's stuff. Majora's Ass? I know. I shouldn't talk today. Barg. Anyway, that's my answer. A lot of the 3D changes um, to games in the 90s and 2000s made me sad, and now Resident Evil 6 makes me a little sad. 
Though I'm sure they're going to come out with a real Resident Evil game again sometime. Right? I mean, I, it took me a long time for 2D Mario to come back, but that came back. I think they'll, they'll, they will, and it will be a big build thing. And then mm. something else did it. I can't remember what it was. But it's like they did one game, and then they did one game next that was vastly different, and then they hailed the next one as the big return to to the old school, return to form kind of stuff. I can't remember which one it was. I remember thinking at the time, that's a brilliant marketing idea. Just bring out a shitty game that's totally unlike the others. And then so long as the next one is vaguely like the original, they'll lap it up. Um, I have a feeling they're going to do that at some point. They're going to really bring out an old school survival horror Resident Evil style thing. Or maybe just remake Resident Evil 2. And people will lap it up and they Mm. will bask in semen and poo. That is so weird you would say that, because just as you were saying it, I was reading a question from Patrick Daggs, his Twitter handle is six comes after seven, and it was, would you drink a bucket of semen for a million dollars or not? Just exactly when you were saying semen, I read the word semen. Uh, I don't want to answer that question per se, but just thought I'd point that there out. There are many questions, because those things come up all the time, those those ideas, those scenarios for a million dollars. Um it would all depend on many factors. Is it from one guy? Is it warm? <laughs> if not, can I warm it? Because I don't want to drink it cold. Um, how viscous is it? There's many different factors. Like, can I drink it or will I have to eat it? Uh, you've got to know. There's a big difference. <laughs> Really? I don't know. I, to me, it's just how big is the bucket, I guess. There is but a million dollars, I would, I would do it. A million dollars, there's, I would do it. That's a lot I, of money. It would depend on the semen, uh, but I would... I, there are a few things I wouldn't do for a million dollars. Yeah, I'd probably end up downing it, yeah. The amount of worry uh, you would have in the near future yeah. would be greatly diminished. However, if, it, if there was an element of skill, like drink it down and keep it down... I might back away because I have a feeling, especially if it's cold, I might end up throwing up. Oh yeah. At some point, um, it just it depends. I don't know how, because a bit of semen from a cock is fine. A bucket of of how who knows how old it is come is is questionable, and there might be throw up. And if it's a skill thing, if it's like you've got to you've got to down it in one. And keep it down. I might bow out just because I don't think I've got the the the, the, the human reflexes to keep it in. Uh, it's like a connect game kind. Yeah, of. I can't even down water in one go uh, without feeling weird. Uh, so I don't know if I'd if I'd be able to handle that. Um, just physically, I don't know if I could physically drink that like a bucket of anything for that mm. long and keep it down. Uh, I'm with you on that. It's the reality of how scientifically I'm discussing this has just crept up in my mind. Yeah, um, and with a real like detailed fascination. Yeah, so let's just say if it, if I could drink that whole bucket on my terms, I'd take it for the million. If mm. it's if we start having rules of, you know, all in one, of keep it down, of of this kind of stuff, I'd have to rethink because I don't want to get halfway and fuck it up. I'm not drinking half a bucket of cold semen for nothing. Yeah, it's not like a physical challenge on a game show. It's just 
you know, get paid to do the job, and then what happens after that? Vomit. Yeah. Or, or if not. it's if it's here's a bucket, I'll see you on Thursday with a check. Then yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Conrad, any any thoughts on that? Uh, no, we I think up... Jim's really covered all the bases there. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, I didn't think we were going to run with that question, but we did. Um, the Mister Fraz, Luke Fraser asks. With your likenesses in Retro City Rampage, what other games would you like to be in, or actually voice? Jim, I'm sure you've given this some thought. Oh, I've, I've had this thought many times. Mm. Uh, I would, I would love to be a, a Hellgast in Killzone because I think that's something I could legit do. I can go shoot him, shoot him with a gun. Oh come on, you'd be much better in Metal Gear. That would be a waste of your talent. I would, I would want you to be a full-on Metal Gear character. I would love to be a Metal Gear villain. I would like oh, to you mean like one of the bosses or something? Yeah. I'd love to. Psycho Man Tits. <laughs> uh, Conrad, have you, you're not narcissistic in any way. You're one of the most uh, self, not depreciating, but just realistic about your own assessment of your worth. You probably have never thought to yourself, I should be in a video game. I'm as good as these characters. Have you? No, I'm really not that interesting. You are? Uh, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. You think so. And, and, mm. and you're wrong, and we'll come to terms with that one day. But <laughs> for right now, you know, it's... Uh, I would actually really like to do some voice acting at some point. I think that that would be a, a really interesting kind of in, you know business to break into and to, to mm. try doing some of that. But in terms of having me in a game as me i'm already in that you know that that was something that i never thought would ever happen and it has happened and i'm kind of good you're satisfied with that i'm satisfied with that yeah that's good i'm glad i'd like to see you in more games though i'd like to see you you would be great in a new monkey island game Absolutely. oh that could be fun that could mm. yeah you could challenge people with battle of wits and puzzle in a fun way um i could see you being a dashing sword fighter in a uh a no Monkey Island game. Uh, me, I, 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 one time Edmund McMillan teased me and was like, "Maybe I'll make you a secret character in Super Meat Boy." And I was like, "Really?" And I like <laughs> got really super weird and wrote him a long email like, "If you do that, I'll be so happy." And blah 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 blah. And I never mailed it because it was creepy. Um, but yeah, Super Meat Boy has some of my favorite characters in it. It's just an awesome compilation of a lot of my favorite video game characters. So to join them would be uh, fantastic. I can't ask for more after... The same goes for um, Retro City Rampage. I mean, we're in the same game. Super Meat Boy is in that game, as is Commander Video from the Bitroop series, which I really like. And uh, Mr. and Miss Explosion Man are both in that. We're like in... We're in fine company. We yeah. Really are. It's yeah. really weird. It, it feels like we're in the Hall of Justice or something. And we were let in... It's very flattering that Brian did that. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's my answer to that question. You want to do more questions or are we questioned out? What do you guys think? Uh, really shouldn't. Let's do one more. Okay. Der... Ang from Avatar. Pedophilia? Asks coffee or die. I don't know what that means. The Ang is the bald man? The bald boy? What? I don't know. It's, I just stumbled upon it quickly. It's a character from Avatar, not the blue cat people Avatar, but the the Avatar that's... Uh, the, the old cartoon... Yeah. yeah. The airbender. The airbender. I just want to have sex with a young boy, then it is pedophilia. Yes. 
I'm gonna get. I I don't know anything about Airbender. Is he like like secretly 500 years old or something stupid? No, he's. Yeah, I think he's a reincarnated soul. Right. Ah, so that's what he's driving at. No, but if you've got a little boy body and you get touched, then you got pedophilia, <laughs> guys. Yeah, I feel sorry for a little boy. <laughs> I don't know where that Me was too. going. Me too. Uh, yeah. Well, well, okay. Is that not a good enough question to, to end on? Oh, God. They're, get, they're really weird this time. Leo Da Finci asks, if you were a bee, what bee would you be? I mean, how am I supposed to? I don't know. Uh, Bumblebee. They're fat and fun. Yeah. Fat and fun. Sign me up. I, I would like to be Africanized because I could really use some rhythm. <laughs> um, <laughs> B. Armitage, the transgendered porn star. Whoa, I don't know who that is. Neat. Yeah. These are good answers to great questions. Good job, guys. <laughs> um, let's do what we're doing this week. Oh, yeah. Yes. Conrad and I are doing sub homes this Sunday. I'm not doing sub homes. Oh, you're right. You're That's gone right. away. Jordan's going to take over for you. I hope. Yeah. So everyone be really, really nice to to uh, whoever it is. Well, it'll be Jordan DeVore. That'll probably have my username in the chat for Sup Holmes. And just be really nice because he has no no clue what he's doing. I left him a list of very specific steps that have to be followed to make sure that this thing goes off hmm. with only minor hitches. And we'll see if that works out. I'm sure it'll be fine. I can't believe how hard you work for Sup Holmes every week. Thanks, Conrad. Uh, so we'll have Brian Provinciano on. He's our first return guest. We first Episode had him on. 31. Yeah, it's almost 52. We're, Jesus, we're over 31. The... Yeah, it's like a real My show God, now. It's really. When did you first start doing that? It's seems February. To have flown. I think. Yeah, I want to say February. Yeah, I think Man. so. The uh, the guy who does the music for uh, Minecraft, I've never talked to him before. Uh, I've heard of him. I've heard his music. He's good. He just randomly tweeted, wow, Tron Knotts' show is really good. He brings out the best in people or something I saw like that. that, yeah, because he I was following me. And it was... Yeah. Yeah, it's a good... Completely floored. That's nice. He does good music. You should get him on. I think he probably wanted an invite. I then immediately was like, oh my god, you did something great and I'm just some guy. Why don't you be on my show? And I haven't heard back from him, so... Who knows? He womp, might... Womp. <laughs> yeah. He was busy playing Dishonored after that or something. But anyway, um, yeah, Brian will be on to do... You know, we want to help him promote his show, but I'm really interested to talk to him about how he feels now that he's completed this game, now he's getting fan feedback from it. Fans will actually be able to call into the show or, or uh, chat in the show and ask him questions now that they've played the game. Critics can come in and talk to him about the things that they didn't like about the game. It's uh, it's a rare experience to, to talk to a developer who's working on a game for <sighs> commercially at least four years, mm. but he started the project like ten years ago, who's just completed this, uh, this huge part of his life, uh, kind of an extension of himself. He's going to be there, ready to talk about that. I can't imagine what that feels like, to work yeah. on something for that long and then it's done. Like, do you feel accomplished? Do you feel empty? Mm -hmm. you feel, I, I might, because I'm usually not around on a Sunday. I might have to upset people and come and watch. That would be great. Yeah, ask him some questions. He'd be happy to talk to you about it. So that's this Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have the podcast version on iTunes of last week's episode with Alexander Bruce, which I was really surprised about how 
self-revealing Alexander got and multifaceted and interesting in his game, which I just took for like a beautiful, interesting puzzle game. Um, it's called Antichamber. It's a first-person sort of exploration puzzle game. I didn't realize how deep that game was an extension of, of that guy's just attitude towards life and his uh, ideas about people and the way the human mind works. It uh, was really, you went on a couple of amazing tangents that blew my mind. I don't know. I thought so. What do you think, Conrad? Oh, yeah. No, it was a good show. It's definitely worth uh, checking out. And it's uh, also available now on um, our new Detroit TV YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Detroit TV, where not not quite all of the episodes of Subhomes are in there yet. I didn't quite finish before I left town, but um, I'll get the rest of those in and organized here probably by the end of this week. And um, yeah, so you can watch all 30 episodes of Subhomes that have aired um, or will be able to soon on youtube.com slash TV. Yeah, TV. a lot of them. The Jonathan Blow Up episode was up. Uh, the Sean McGrath from Diet. I think I have all but the first 10 in there at this point. Yeah, so quite a yeah. few. So um, if you just want some background, just press play on that stuff and you can listen to people talk about video games. Some of them are pretty smart. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's my thing. Let's do it! <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing this week, Jim? What am I doing this week? Uh, well, on Destructoid right now, there's all sorts of stuff. We've got the redesign. I thought we'd actually talk about that more than we did, but we, <laughs> yeah. oh, we've got yeah. a redesign, guys. Uh, on Destructoid.com, fully relaunched, all sorts of exciting, cool stuff um, to look at. New comment system, you can edit them now. Really, cool a, little of a, a little bit of a pardon our mess kind of situation. If you see a bug, please let us know. Yeah, yeah. I believe that Andy Dixon will have on the front page a, 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 an actual post coming up soon um, where you can report bugs directly. Uh, we're, we're going through them. Things are being fixed right now. Nero has not slept, uh, nor have any of the other excellent engineers who have made this happen. Um, it's a beautiful redesign. Uh, I am normally very sketchy of... I mean, you, anyone could tell you, almost any big idea that's had with Destructoid, I've always expressed some kind of fear. Um, none this time. Which might be terrible. I don't know. Maybe that's a bad sign. I don't know. But I am. I've never been more confident in a change uh, that Destructor has made than this. Uh, so I'm loving it. Really enjoying it. I've put off a lot of other plans just to play around with it today. Um, but yeah, I got stuff on it. Um, Dishonored review is up. Uh, what else have we got? The, the Fable: The Journey review is up. It's all in the top story box. Uh, I also did a new Blatantly Better, which went up today. That's a DMC's new Dante is Blatantly Better Than Old Dante, uh, which is a nice bit of satire slash trolling, depending how clever slash stupid you are. Uh, that's that. Also, over at escapistmagazine.com, my new Jimquisition is up. It's called Resident Evil 6 is the Epitome of Survival Horror, uh, which is a bit of an ironic name. <laughs> Aren't I fucking smart? Uh, that's about it. Um, unless there's anything else that people need to add, we can wrap this up. Let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Uh, Let's mm-hmm. Shut up, Jonathan. Uh, 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 <laughs> no, got... just real quick. Oh you my god, what, he's just going to so say awesome? it anyway. Oh, it's so good. What? Oh, you know what's so good? Uh, you know, Code of Princess? Mm. You know that. The first sword you get is called the Saturn. Oh. It's so great. It's so great because Guardian Heroes is on the Saturn, guys. Uh-huh. I'm so happy about that. That's what I've been playing this week. Just like, oh, yeah. yeah. It's got the Saturn. Yeah. yeah. Not, not really worth interrupting me for. <laughs> <laughs> 
couldn't help it. I was excited. I'm sorry. Um, excited. It's all right. Uh, I will do anything to keep you excited. Erect is what I was again and out there. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening this far. That was your reward, that stormbuster of a last joke. Uh, as always, you can review us, to subscribe to us on iTunes, RSS, whatever, or just listen to the show directly on destructoid.com. Um, people ask, if you want to ask questions, uh, the best way to do it is to just follow us on Twitter. Uh, Jonathan Holmes curates them. You can follow him at, at Tronnots, T-R-O-N-K-N-O-T-T-S. Um, Conrad Zimmerman, at Conrad Zimmerman. All these names squashed up, no spaces. And at Jim Sterling, that's me. Again, just all one word. Um, that's it, really. We'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Uh...